Hello again, everyone. This is Alicia Crank, and this is part two of my Edmond City Council campaign personal journey podcast. You know, when I was putting this together and thinking about what I wanted to share and what didn't really need to be focused on, it really became evident to me as someone who is not inherently emotional that in recapping and rethinking about everything that happened over the past year, that there were times of hurt. And I think in the moment, my mind is always set to, if there's a problem, let's just figure out a way to solve it. If there is an issue, let's figure out a way to resolve. If there is a problem, let's just fix it. Let's not get caught into emotional things or how you feel you know, we just need to solve the problem. And once it's done, once you've gotten to the point where it's been fixed or it's been handled or it's been addressed, that is the point where I may or may not allow myself to feel things. And I'm going to tell you with this, with this chapter, you know, in thinking about today and putting this together, I got really emotional. And I think I didn't realize how hurt or how much the actions I'm going to talk about that happened over the course of those three months changed me as a person and how it made me to start looking at people differently and looking at groups differently. And so let me just start with um, there's one of three things that I want to share that happened. So in the month of April, again, things were really going great. At this point, the majority of people who said they were going to, you know, run for office in Edmonds and pick their seat number or their position number had already come. And I'm still unopposed at this point. No one really knew um, what was going to happen with um, Christiana Johnson, who held that position at the time. And, you know, if you follow me on social, you know, one of the things that I consistently say is that there's no such thing as a secret group. There's no such thing as secret email strings. As soon as you tell more than one person and you say something that's a little off key or something that gives them pause, there are people that might be motivated to rethink their allegiances. And so, there was this one group. It's changed names several times, as as I understand. You know, at one point it was Edmonds Conservatives, then it was like Edmonds Friends and Neighbors, or you know, so on and so forth. And I actually knew a couple of people that were in those groups. I didn't really care. I didn't want to focus there. I just wanted to focus on what I was doing in the community, and just kind of keep it that way. But there's a woman that ended up reaching out to me probably the earlier part of March through April. And I'm just going to call her Purple Flower for now. And so Purple Flower and I were having these um, conversations, exchanges on Facebook Messenger. And she was telling me how she thought I was a good candidate. I was a good person. She doesn't understand why certain people... Um, like some that I named in the first part of this podcast, 
um, couldn't come around to me, but she personally liked me and she thought I was, you know, great, but I could not let anyone know that we were talking to each other. That was her request. Now, of course, that gave me pause. And as someone who always kind of thinks, overthinks things at times, I had to wonder what that meant, like what was really going on there. And so I do have a couple of confidants that I would let know what was going on no matter what. And one of those confidants let me know that Purple Flower is in that group that I mentioned. And again, I take in people's input and information, but ultimately I make my own decision and I encourage others to do that. So I did not want to automatically cancel this person out because they were affiliated with this group. In my mind, I thought maybe I could maybe convert this person, maybe because we're going through a pandemic and people are kind of opening themselves up a little more, not being so judgmental. I was wrong about that, but not being so judgmental that maybe people would soften a bit and, and, and see that we're all one community and that differences could be embraced. Yeah, that didn't happen. So while Purple Flower is saying these nice things to me and encouraging me to you know, continue doing what I'm doing, um, in that group that she was in, um, they were saying some really horrific things about me. And, you know, the couple of people that I knew that were in that group were, you know, sending me screenshots, including comments that Purple Flower was making about me in that group, which was completely opposite of what she was saying to me in Facebook Messenger. So I, I had to kind of figure out what I was going to do with that. And I just wanted to ride it out. And so, you know, full disclosure as I continue to have this conversation with her, everything I've ever said to her in writing in those messages were completely true because I've always learned and was taught that, you know, you don't write anything that you don't want to own. So in our screenshot nation of ours or our screenshot city of people keeping dossiers, I was very aware that one, I was being honest with her in my interaction and responses, but I was also prepared for it to be screen grabbed and shared out to people that didn't quite like me for whatever reason, people I've never you know, spent any time with at all. So I was very cognizant of that. And so it all kind of came to a head, at least in this particular instance, um, in the month of April where Purple Flower and a few others were looking to publicly discredit another local woman on social media. And that's not my story to tell, so I'm not going to go there. But when I saw and she told me what they were planning to do, I strongly suggested that she don't do that. And the ball had already started rolling at this point. There was, they were already starting to put things out on social media about this person. So I um, reached out to that person out and let them know what was happening because I wanted them to be prepared for what might be floating out there about them. 
And Purple Flower found out that I told this person this. And I said, look, you cannot ask me to sit on something like this, nor can you ask me to think that it would be okay for you to do it? Why would you want to character assassinate somebody because you have some kind of dislike for them for whatever that reason is? It wasn't personal. And it's sad that it was political. Um, so like I said, I owned it. And that conversation line with Purple Flower started to deteriorate at that point. But again, I knew that there was going to be an end to that at some point. And I was also aware of the duplicity that was happening between them. But again, I'm thinking, why are people spending this kind of time and energy to be mean, to be rude, to manipulate? Like I, I just felt like people had better things to do with their time than to create all this espionage stuff. I, I still, to this day, don't quite wrap my head around it. But I will say that as a maybe now former people pleaser, you know, I, I used to always kind of instantly go to, what did I do to this person? How is this my fault? How can I fix it? And over these, these three months that we're talking about today, that's where I finally had to get it ingrained that I didn't do anything, that there was nothing that provoked personally the actions of these other people and that I had to be okay with that because I couldn't do anything about it anyway. And also from this, this secret quote unquote group, you know, they were heavily trying to find somebody to run against me heavily. Um, Cause again, at that point I was, there was no one that had declared that they were going to, you know, run for position one. So as we get into the month of May, the filing deadline is coming about. And the filing deadline is no matter what you're saying publicly and out loud, and if you're going to do it or not, that filing week is when you officially say you're going to do this and you pay your fee and you do the, you know, the online sign up for it. And so the beginning of filing week, that Monday, I was just waiting. I was like, someone's going to throw their name in there. There's no way. Learning what I knew about certain movers and shakers in this city, that there was no way in heck they were going to allow me to run on a post. That was not going to happen. And I was right. And so two surprises, though, came out of it. One was when Christiana Johnson filed, because she had not said a thing up to this point, at least not publicly. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then some guy named Brian Hartman, who I still don't quite know who he is to this day, threw his name in. So now we're going to have a primary election because we have three or more. Got to narrow it down to two. No one knew who this person was. And throughout the course of the primary, if you were around for that, 
he didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. He didn't respond to media requests, um, endorsement interviews, none of that. Just this third random person. And of course, there were thoughts around, oh, so, someone told him to do it just so that they can force a primary. And if you force a primary, that's kind of like a free poll, right? You can see um, who's doing well within the community. And spoiler alert, I edged out Christiana in the primary. And um, But Brian, who no one knew, no one seen, still managed to get a thousand votes just on name only. Stunning. But here we were. And so I knew that having such a good showing probably threw some people off. And so we get into the third thing that happened. And this is the one, I won't say that it broke me, but it really got personal. Now, at this point, again, I'm not an emotional responder to anything. I just kind of look at it holistically. What is the problem? What is the issue? What is the solution? How do we fix it? And so, again, a couple of people I knew that was in that group group thing. Well, let me start. Let me go back. A constituent in Edmonds reached out to me on, on Facebook and sent me a link to let me know that there was this guy, a former military uh, private investigator-ish kind of person out of Lacey, Washington, who had started this website and this blog and was, you know, targeting certain candidates within Puget Sound. Kind of like a drain the swamp kind of guy, you know. And the majority of the candidates that he had gone for about this time had been candidates of color, minorities, women. And apparently I somehow ended up on his radar. And so the woman, the constituent that reached out to me, sent me this link, said, hey, just FYI, this person's gunning for you, just so you know. And so I go and I look and sure enough, there's my photo and how... Apparently, I'm this awful person and he's going to reveal all in his, his expose. I panicked because, again, I feel like, really? Why is there a private investigator looking for me? And who sent this person? I just couldn't just randomly have shown up, you know, on his radar. Someone pointed him my way. And so when I went to look at the post, I did recognize one local person, and we'll name her in a minute, that liked it and said, couldn't wait. So the day before that, I was sitting outside of Cafe Louvre downtown. I love that place. And I was having coffee with two other people. And, I'm, and we're sitting outside and I'm facing the streets. I'm facing Fifth. And all of a sudden I look up and there's this car that stops in the middle of the road. Uh, leans over into their passenger seat. Now, as someone who grew up in a large city and you see somebody reaching over like that, my instinct was, does this person have a weapon? What the heck is going on? 
Um, so I'm looking at this person very intently. So I'm like, what, why are they stopping in the middle of the street? What are they reaching for? And the person turns back around and it's a camera in their hand, not, not a cell phone camera, but a legit professional type camera. And they start pointing it at me and start snapping photos. Like you hear it. And then someone blew behind him because of their horn, because he was stopped in the middle of the street. And so when someone honked their horn at him, you know, put the camera down, took off. And I just kind of looked around. And again, my own paranoia, I'm like, it was, was that about, what was that? And there is artwork, you know, there's, there's the, um, the bus that are outside of Cafe Louvre. But still, it just rubbed me the wrong way. So I finished my coffee with the two people I was meeting with. You know, I went to go sit by the water, kind of clear my head about it. And I even like recorded something on Facebook. It was just like, I'm, it's probably nothing, but it just really kind of, you know, freaked me out. So then I get the message from the person I told you about. And then the day after that, there's the quote unquote expose. And so I see it and I noticed maybe within two minutes of it being posted on this Facebook page, um, that same person that I'm going to talk about in a second, um, liked it. And so I'm like, okay, so is th did this person send this guy after me? Like wh what? And again, this expose was not really an expose because he basically did a Google search and the damning evidence was things I've already talked about. And I'll tell you right now, and I'll tell you till I'm blue in the face, no one should be made to feel ashamed of filing for bankruptcy, especially if it's medical related. I've talked about that. I've talked about that in the last election, the one before that. So remember that secret group, so again, minutes after it was the, the expose was posted on that person's Facebook blog, it ended up at that secret group on Facebook too. Don't you love Facebook? Um, and of course, the people that I knew that were members of that group shared with me screenshots of those in that group talking about the story how they wanted to elevate it and push it out to all the news media. They wanted to embellish other parts about it. They were trying to say that because I have an extra letter on my last name, which I totally had already talked about, um, that somehow I was a fraud and that I had like, you know, secret aliases and, and all these other things and that I could not be trusted. That's what broke me. Because it wasn't so much that up until that point that they were choosing to make their opposition of my running for office personal. I, I, I kind of got into that point already. But again, it's about the character assassination. And when you talk about assassinating my character, what that meant for me is that you are now threatening my livelihood. You are now interfering with my ability to live, to earn a living, to have a job, 
And when I work as a fundraiser for her nonprofit, and we have individuals and corporations and foundations trusting me in my role to be able to fundraise from them to support the organization that I work for, to put the label of fraud on me impacts me, my ability to earn a living. It impacts my organization that I work for, the people I represent. And that I could not let stand. I could not allow that to move forward without addressing it head on. And that was really the time I had to, to name check at that point because two people, the main two that were pushing this initiative to get it out there and to slander my name and my character are people that know better. One is a former elected official on numerous levels. And so when I saw the screen grabs and saw that, you know, Gary Nelson and Carolyn Strong were pushing this out and Carolyn's the one that was liking these posts all up to this point, I had to address it. And at that time, we were getting ready to film another or, you know, do another Black in Edmonds when this all happened. And so if you saw that episode, I had to stop it in the middle of it to say what I said about this incident. We cannot be a community, a society that says that this is okay, because it's not. If you don't want to support someone's run for office, that's fine. Go support the opponent. Go there. But why do members of our community here, I'm making it back to Edmonds now, why are people that have certain levels of influence in this city feel like it's okay to tear down somebody else just because they don't fall within the parameters of who they like? Now, I'm going to tell you, I did not talk to my campaign team about that because, again, it was about the fact that they had made this so personal. And I got my hand slapped by my campaign team. And you're like, you know, that's what we're for, they said. You know, we're the ones that, that do that for you. And I was like, you can do that for me for any other thing, but you come after me and my ability and my reputation that's personal and I'm going to address it head on. And so I was a little afraid after, you know, I called it out because at that point, you know, usually the Black and Edmonds series would be written up in, in my Edmonds news. And so I was like, oh my God, if it gets written up, are they going to mention that part? So I don't think it got, it didn't end up getting written up. And I was also kind of expecting some kind of level of retaliation. You know, so I kept checking my email, checking my whatevers to see if these two people or anybody else affiliated with them were going to somehow say something back. They didn't. They left me alone. But one thing that did happen is because I did specifically say, 
don't do what it is that you're planning to do. I saw it. I read it. Just don't. They didn't. But of course, that let them know that someone within their quote unquote secret group was telling me things and they did a house cleaning like you would not believe. So sorry, not sorry. But at the same time, it just showed me that very unnecessary, very mean-spirited things were going to continue to happen. And even though I would say that this was personally the worst of it, part three of this podcast is going to go even further. And again, when I thought about sharing what happened and why are you sharing it, it's because one, I want people to understand some of the shenanigans that happened behind the scenes. I also want people to understand that if we are going to be true community, that we cannot operate in this way. We cannot operate in a way of, if I don't like you, I can slander you. If I don't like you, I can attempt to ruin your reputation. But yet we're all supposed to still live in this same small city. That can't work. And finally, I share it because I think a lot of what's been allowed to happen is because those that have been on the receiving end have remained quiet. And I count myself as one of them. My mentality, my, my thought process up until that point was really, if you don't mess with me, I won't mess with you. And again, there are things that have happened and interactions I've had in this community before that time where I blessed and released. I say, you know what? This isn't working out. I'm going to step away from something. I might not agree with what you're doing or how you're running this organization or how you're handling finances of that organization. I'm just going to step away. And if you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. But they didn't leave me alone. But I didn't say anything at the same time. And and that gives certain people in their minds permission to continue. So I will take ownership of that part for myself of saying, you know what? I'm not going to say anything because I want to be good. I want to be one of the good ones. I don't want to, to rock the boat. But silence doesn't fix things. And so when this whole movement that's online now about getting uncomfortable and having uncomfortable conversations to help make change happen, that's what I'm embracing with this. And again, my hope is that I don't want to discourage anyone that is feeling hopeful about running for office here or anywhere else, um, feel like they can't do it because it's going to get, you know, like this. No. What I want is to prepare those, especially those here in Edmonds, especially those persons of color who feel like they're not being represented and that they want to see representation on council, that even though it's not me, 
it could be them. And if it is them and they think about it being them, that they understand that unfortunately, as much as certain people say, don't Seattleize Edmonds, it's those same people that are engaging in behaviors that they would consider to be Seattleized. So I hope you got something out of this. Part three will drop in a few days. And I hope that this has been enlightening, educational. And as always, I'm public. I'm online. If you have a question, send it my way. Until then, part three will be coming up soon.